On today's show, I'm going to tell you why the Baltimore Orioles and the New York Mets are absolutely perfect trade partners at this year's deadline. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, trade deadline, we are discussing the perfect partner for the Mets, and of course, that is the Baltimore Orioles. First segment, I'm going to explain why they're perfect partners and what pieces the Mets had that could intrigue them. In the second and third segments, I'll get into some Orioles prospects who could come back, and I'll pitch some mock trades. So it's going to be a fun show. Before we get to any of it, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. And where I just wrote a piece today titled, The Baltimore Orioles Are the New York Mets' Dream Trade Partner. And that's where I want to spend the show. We, we can, and we will at some point, get a little bit into the game tonight as the Mets end up with a Subway Series split. But that's not the fascinating thing about this team right now because, hey, they lost another one. And that just, again, affirms the idea that this team probably should be a seller at the deadline. And if they're going to sell, if we've watched the Mets this year and how they've operated, we know the, the groundwork they're trying to lay. We know the moves they like to make. And it's involving the pocketbook again. Steve Cohen went out this offseason, threw out about $500 million in salaries to free agents and to their own players to build off of a 101-win season. Spending money, not an object. This season starts to go sideways. It's the first mode of operation, the first trade the Mets make. They eat all of Eduardo Escobar's salary, and they get a prospect they shouldn't have for a player of his caliber. They get Coleman Crow and another arm thrown in. But Coleman Crow was the crown jewel of that trade. You get a guy that might slide into your top 10 by season's end, um, or at least right on the outside of it, for a player in Escobar who was barely even getting on the field for the Mets. Didn't have a lot of value. Made that trade. Then you saw what they did to get Trevor Gott. A Chris Flexen salary, a guy that was DFA'd. Mets DFA'd him as well. They just took on dead money to get a reliever they thought could help them. Eating money is going to be a theme of this deadline for the Mets, or at least that's what it appears to be. And if that's the case, I found the perfect team to make trades with, and it's the Orioles, because the Orioles check every box you'd want to if you're Steve Cohen, Billy Epler, that front office. It's a team that is desperate to win now. Not that they don't have a long window, because they do. But they're a team that wants to push some chips in. team that was reportedly in the mix for Shoya Otani before he just got pulled off the table. Not that those talks got very far, but just the fact that they were even in the mix as a small market team who wasn't going to sign him after the season shows you a willingness to buy rentals to win. But they're also a small market with a $70 million payroll. Do you know which player on the Orioles roster is making the most money this season? It's a familiar face. You might be able to think of it. 
Shane McCann at $12 million, and the Mets are paying $11 million of that salary. The second highest salary on the Orioles' books this year is Kyle Gibson at $10 million. This is a team that is thriving in first place on a small, small payroll of $70 million. And they are cheaper than most franchises in the game. So that checks one box, cheap. Another box checked was want to win now. And the third box, which we're going to get to get into throughout the show today, is prospects. They have a treasure trove the Mets can pick from, and they don't even have to pick out of the top six, seven prospects in the farm. They can shop between eight and 20 and get countless guys that would plug immediately into the top 10 of the Mets farm system right now. Before we talk about prospects, who would be an interesting piece for the Orioles to go after? Who are the the finishing touches the Mets could send them? Well, the main one's David Robertson. And every single contender in baseball wants David Robertson. Why wouldn't you? The guy's been awesome this year. He was awesome last year. He was great in the postseason last year. He's a veteran. You know, Josh Hader might be on the market too. He has an ERA under one. He's been incredible this year, right? At the same time, if you're the Orioles and you're looking at the two, do you want to take on Josh Hader, who might have that 0.95 ERA at the time of writing this article? Uh, but you also know last year he pitched to a 7.31 ERA after the Padres traded for him at the deadline. So there's some volatility there. Robertson was good down the stretch. Hader making $14.1 million in his last year of arbitration. Robertson, it's 10, but the Orioles are the team in baseball that look at David Robertson beyond just the pitcher that he is. And the money that the Mets would send him with him would be of great value. So you send David Robertson to the Orioles with $3.5 million, you cover a salary. Now they can plug in a guy at the back end of their bullpen, whether it's as a closer or a setup man, for a vet minimum. That's worth its weight in gold for the Orioles. And suddenly, you get a blue-chip prospect for a rental reliever, albeit a great rental reliever. But still, another name to mention, Mark Hanna. Aaron Hicks was playing and having a resurgent year with the Orioles. He just went down with a hamstring injury. Anyone in New York knows... Aaron Hicks has a history of injuries and hamstrings can linger. So they might need an outfielder to fill that void. Mark Cannon makes a lot of sense for that team. I think technically Tommy fam as well, but for some reason I see Cannon as an Oriole because I see Tommy fam being able to set, be sent in a different trade to any team, regardless of salary and bringing something back. Mark Canna, I think fits a team like the Orioles who would want his veteran leadership who would be fine plugging them at the end of their lineup and maybe expect an uptick in performance. Yes, Canada this year has a 102 WRC plus going into the game today. So that means league average of 100. He's basically a league average hitter. But he's striking out a 17.5% clip. That's not bad at all. He's walking over a 10% clip. And he's been a bit unlucky. A 267 Babbitt, which is balls put in play. That's his average on balls put in play. That says there could be some positive regression. You look at what he did last year. 367 on base, 128 WRC+. plus. I bet they would look at Mark Canna as a player that they can plug in, start in the outfield, or be a really good fourth outfielder that can play all three spots in the outfield, can play a little first base, and has even played some third this year. So he gives them a lot of flexibility. 
Now, his contract, $10.5 million this season. You have to eat about that $3.5 million, if not a little bit more, to buy out the remainder of the contract outside of the vet minimum. And there's a $2 million buyout and an $11.5 million club option, but the Mets can send cash considerations to cover that. So that would make him a low-cost rental for Baltimore. That's an interesting piece. The third one, we watched him pitch tonight, Jose Quintana. I don't know if I want the Mets to trade Quintana because I really like what I've seen. Guy's a bulldog on the mound, but that makes him the perfect fit in Baltimore. He would slide up that rotation to the point where he's at least in the top three past Kyle Gibson. Grayson Rodriguez hasn't really established himself just yet. There's Tyler Wells. um, There's Bradish, but Quintana would be right there. He'd probably be starting a playoff game. And last year, we know what he did with the Cardinals down the stretch. 12 starts, 2.01 ERA. He started game one of the playoffs. They look at that. They look at his last two starts. That's an interesting piece. And the fact that the Mets can eat his contract for the next two years, well, that just makes him incredibly valuable. You know, it's like attaching a couple first-round picks to a player to juice up his trade value. The Mets can do that simply by, you know, eating salary. Where you can... Basically trade the Orioles a year and a half of Jose Quintana where they only have to pay him $10 million. And that means that next year when they have to fill out their rotation, well, they already got a guy that, that's going to fill that Kyle Gibson spot that has spent $10 million on this year to get a veteran in their rotation. Now they get that, maybe they're only spending five or six next year. And that just means more money for Michael Elias to play with in free agency. This is the one team where the Mets can leverage their money and get a haul of prospects back, or or not necessarily a haul in volume, but a haul in, in value. Because you can get prospects that will skyrocket right up towards the top of your top 10. For players that are rentals or veterans that you have under control with Quintana for a year and a half. This would be the time to make a move. I'm going to tell you about the trades they could make because I have a lot of mocks here. Before we get into those mock trades, today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Picking up burgers and hot dogs for your summer barbecue? You know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying by using the code MLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play uh, and download the free Ibotta app. Use that code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use that code MLB. The New York Mets play the Washington Nationals 7-10 Eastern time tonight. Catch every pitch in the Mets' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. 
All right, I got mock trades for you. Mets Orioles, this is the team that the Mets should be on the phone with right now trying to make a deal happen. We begin with a one-for-one. David Robertson and $3.5 million go to the Orioles for Connor Norby. Now, if you're not familiar with Norby, this is a prospect who is one of seven guys who's featured on our top 100 list at Just Baseball, featured on two or three other uh, top 100 lists as well. He came into the year ranked at number 78. He's 23 years old. Last year, started the year in high A, finished in triple A. Spent 49 games in high A, 64 games in double A, nine games down the stretch in triple A. You put it all together. Norby played 122 games in 2022. He hit 279, 360 on base, 526 slug, had 29 home runs, 23 doubles, four triples, and a 886 OPS. This year, Norby has played exclusively in AAA, 89 games. He's hitting 283, 342 on base, 459 slug, has 13 home runs, 24 doubles. The power numbers have dipped a bit, but he's still projected to be a good player with a solid bat, 801 OPS this year. And he can play second base really well. He can even play a quarter spot in the outfield. So he gives you that Jeff McNeil type flexibility. And speaking of Jeff McNeil, I like him in the outfield. Did you see the plays he made in this game? There was one where he he robbed the home run tonight against the Yankees. There was another where he made a sliding catch, came up throwing, and if Alvarez puts a better tag on at the plate, he turned a double play. The throw was on the money on a line. Yes, he had come in on the ball, so it wasn't that far of a throw. But I'll tell you what. The more I see Jeff McNeil play the outfield, and this is not a knock on his defense at second because I still think it's good there. I actually think his long-term home should be in a corner spot in the outfield, and that could open up second base for a guy like Connor Norby if you were to make a trade like this or even for Arani Mauricio. It's just some food for thought, but that was one of my big takeaways from the game tonight. Getting back to this trade, if you get Connor Norby for David Robertson, man, you are feeling great, but the Orioles, they have Jordan Westberg. They have Joey Ortiz. They have other prospects that give them some coverage on Norby where they can afford to lose him. And I'll tell you what, I talked with Aram Layton, who isn't as in love with this Orioles farm system as anyone before I started working on this article. And he gave me names of prospects he thinks would be expendable to help the team win now. And Norby was the best one outside of Joey Ortiz and Ortiz. Aram basically said it has to be for like an ace. It can't be in a trade like this. So still, though, you're getting a guy that's a a top 10 prospect in a great farm system. And the Mets farm right now, with the graduations of Alvarez, uh, Vientos, Beatty, he would be, I mean, pretty close up to the top there. You got Parada. You got Jet Williams. You got Alex Ramirez, Blade Tidwell. um, Obviously, Mauricio. I mean, I think he'd be right in that Mauricio. I think he, he'd be in the top five without a doubt in my mind. Um, and probably top three, maybe even. And he's a guy that you could trade for and you can just plug him right on to the MLB roster if you wanted to. I mean, you could trade for him. Let's say you clear out Cannon and Fam. Well, now you could put Jeff McDeal left and Norby at second or the other way around if you wanted to. So that's a definite option for the Mets. Now, here's another one. And David Robertson goes in all these trades. Um, but you can mix and match here. You know, maybe it's just a Canada trade, maybe it's just a Quintana trade, maybe it's a, just a David Robertson trade, or maybe you combine them. So this one is David Robertson, Mark Canna, and nine million dollars for Dylan Beavers and Cesar Prado. Now that money covers 
Robertson and Canada this year and covers Canada's buyout. So it's giving them two rentals. And for them, two veteran leaders that plug into key pivotal roles. Who are the prospects? Dylan Beavers was picked 33rd overall by the Orioles in 2021. Plenty of upside, super athletic, six foot three, has a power speed combo if everything pans out. He would be right there with Alex Ramirez right now as one of, if not the best outfield prospect in this system. That would probably still be Ramirez, but Beavers has outperformed him this year as far as numbers in high A. He's 21 years old, sitting 260, 355 on base, 456 slug, and 810 OPS. He's got 24 doubles, three triples, nine home runs, 18 stolen bases in 79 games. And over his last 25 games, and this tweet was pulled on July 19th. So that's a week old, but there was a 25 game stretch recently where Beavers was hitting 312 with a 402 on base and a 624 slug with 16 extra base hits and 24 RBI. So there's a lot of talent that the Mets could tap into here. Ranked number 11 in the oral system by Baseball America, number 10 right now by MLB.com. And you look at the Mets system again, this is a guy that could sniff top five, honestly. Um, it's not right outside of that, but. He'd be a top 10 prospect in the Mets system, there's no doubt. And then you get to a high floor prospect in Cesar uh, Prito. This is a guy who tearing the cover off the ball in AAA, 24 years old, defected from Cuba in 2021, played his first season with the Orioles in 2022, hit 340 in high A, got the call to double, and didn't perform well in double A. Had a 643 OPS in 90 games. Had a bad performance in the Arizona Fall League as well, so his stock was plummeting a bit. He was ranked number 25 in the world system by Baseball America heading into the year. Now, according to MLB.com, he's I think the 16th best prospect in the system, but his numbers really pop off the screen. Double A, he hit 364, 406, 476, 882 OPS. Earned a promotion to AAA in 22 games in AAA. He's in 322, 358 on base, 483 slug, 841 OPS. Plays Really good defense in the infield, can play second, third, short. Uh, you know He's a guy that is expendable to the Orioles because they have Joey Ortiz, who's a similar type prospect, who's one of their top five prospects in a great system. They can afford to give up Prito in this deal along with Beavers. And now you're getting two guys that you know, not only you know, slot, you know, not, if not your top 10, Beavers, yes, Prito might be just outside of it. Guys that that help you in areas of need for beavers. It's a guy that fills a need in your farm system for Preto. It's a guy that, you know, could probably play for you. If not this year, more like next year and be another option in that infield. So uh, that's another interesting trade. Now we get to uh, a couple more here. David Robertson, Jose Quintana, $15 million for Connor Norby and Judd Fabian. I want to talk on the other side of the break about Quintana's performance tonight a little bit um, and just the idea of trading him to the Orioles. But we'll get to the, the other prospect we haven't discussed here because I already mentioned Norby. So it's Fabian in this deal. 22-year-old second-round pick out of Florida in 2021, currently finds himself ranked number 15 in the Orioles system by MLB.com. He play all three outfield spots. I saw him throw out a runner on one of these clips, has a cannon, uh, can play center field, and that's where he is starting right now, um, primarily in double A. He started the year in high A, hit 281, 392 on base, 490 slug, 882 OPS in 56 games to earn his promotion up to double. 
First 25 games hitting below the Mendoza line at 178, 272 on base, 426 slug. And that slug jumps out because his OPS is just under 700. Yet 12 of his 18 hits gone for extra bases. That tells you something. So just like Beavers, a guy that would slide into the Mets system in an area where they don't have guys, you know, double A, uh, Beavers would be high A, but double A for Fabian, they don't have a, a high upside outfield prospect at that level for them um or even a high floor so i i like that and look you're not going to get heston kerstad um from the orioles but because they have kerstad and even beavers to a certain extent it makes a guy like fabian expendable and again in the Mets system he's probably a top 10 prospect now i want to get to Quintana a little bit and the idea of trading him because I, I really liked what i saw tonight um so We'll get to that in just a minute. Um, first, though, another word from our sponsors. The New York Mets play the Washington Nationals 710 Eastern Time tonight. Catch every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. In a game where Carlos Rodon outdueled him, Jose Quintana impressed me. Yes, he gave up six hits. Yes, he walked three. Yes, there was a ton of traffic on the bases, but he pitched out of a lot of jams. And I, I just like the bulldog mentality. And I, I, I admittedly have not watched Jose Quintana up close this way until, of course, he comes to the Mets. Now, I've seen him over the years make starts against the Mets. You see some highlights or you see the stats and, you know, he's a good pitcher. To actually watch him attack, to see him go and just throw a fastball by Giancarlo Stanton at 92, you can say that's a knock on Stanton, but you also can say, man, this guy just attacks. He really does, and I think he can be a quality pitcher for the Mets this year and next year as well. I really like the idea of a four-man rotation as far as what you can count on going to next year. Because you're not going to get value, I don't believe, for Scherzer and Verlander. I've said, hey, next year, Scherzer, Verlander, Sanga, Quintana, that's not a bad place to start. With that said, if you ate money on that deal, man, that's an incredible pull for the Orioles. If they got Robertson and Quintana, they could talk themselves into, all right, we don't need an ace. We got a relief ace, and we got a guy that can start a playoff game for us. And we have him for next year, too. And that could allow them to 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 trade you, Norby. And you can ask for more. You can ask for Kerstad. They'll say no. But if you negotiate right, hey, maybe you, you squeeze an extra prospect out of them. Maybe instead of Norby and Fabian, you get Norby and Beavers. I, I don't know. But I really think that Quintana could move the needle in a big way if the Mets actually dangle him with a lot of salary into the Orioles. That's going to be very enticing for a small market team and a small market GM that just knows how much that improves his ability to spend the following year filling that huge hole. Everyone wants starting pitching. And then that's have a guy that I think would actually move the needle. Now, here's my last mock trade, the big blockbuster, where you send everything. You send David Robertson, you send Mark Canna, you send Jose Quintana, and you send $24 million, which sounds nuts, but Steve Cohen can afford it. And if you did that, LB owners are not going to be happy because that would mean that in 2023 and 2024 combined, when you look at the money they're already eating on James McCann and the money they would eat in this trade, 
It's $43 million in salary across those two seasons. For a team that might only spend $140 million on payroll, something like that, you're looking at 30% of the team's payroll being you know, handled by an owner from another team. Well, you might not like it, but you know what? If you're the Orioles, why do you care? If you make this trade, if you're Baltimore, you get a guy that can close for you, but you know, obviously for them, he'd be setting up. Um, you get a pitcher that slides into the top three of your rotation this year and next year. And a guy that plugs a hole in the outfield. And you could say you accomplished everything you need at this deadline in one trade. You got three plug-and-play guys for prospects. Now the prospects, I got Norby and Beavers going in this deal. So you get the outfield prospect that really helps your system like long-term. You get a guy in Norby who could play right away. And the third piece, the one that really moves the deal for me is D.L. Hall. Now, are the Orioles going to move D.L. Hall? How much do they still love him? He's a guy they drafted in the first round in 2017 at a high school. 24-year-old lefty now. Consensus top 100 guy. Nasty stuff Hall has. But there's real reliever risk. He's never topped the 100 innings pitched at any point in his minor league career. This year, limited to 12 starts in AAA. 446 ERA across 42 and a third. Now it's been a back injury, and that's really been the story of the season. Did make one appearance in the big leagues, gave up two runs, but struck out seven in three innings pitched. If you're the Mets and you can get that high upside of an arm, who, I mean, arguably top pitching prospect in the Mets system that they made the trade, right there with Blade Tidwell. I mean, Tidwell has a lot of promise, but Hall's actually gotten big league hitters to look foolish already. He's got a fastball that can touch the upper 90s from the left side. A disgusting slider. And he's working on a four-pitch mix where he can stay as a starter. But if you're the Orioles, he's a massive risk to you. You don't know what he's going to be. You don't know if he's going to stay healthy. And if you were just to say, all right, you're trading your control of DL Hall for Jose Quintana, at a discount on salary and you're a win now team. That's something you'd consider. You would trade Robertson for Norby. And then it's, would you trade a guy in Beavers you have coverage for in your system for a guy in Marcana who helps you win this year in one trade, the Mets could get three impact prospects. The Orioles can get three impact players and the money is what makes it all work. It is the absolute Perfect trade destination for both sides. And that's the blockbuster three for three deal. Any of those trades individually work. Any of them. The one for ones, they work. The Mets can get top 10 prospects in their system at this deadline. Man, you feel great. And if you can flip fan for something on top of it, and let's just say, Let's say you, you you held on to Quintana because I don't know if the Mets are going to trade Jose Quintana, even though I think you could get a haul from the Orioles in this type of a scenario. So let's just say you don't get a haul as in DL haul. You keep Quintana, but you trade Canna and Robertson. You do that deal. Okay. So let's just say you get 
Norby and Fabian. Fabian slides into your system, outfield prospect. Norby, you're playing now. You trade Tommy Fam. And I don't know, you get an arm for Fam. Well, now this season, you still have that rotation if you keep Quintana that you can win games with. Your bullpen takes a massive hit, admittedly, but hey, you know, cost of doing business to get a top 10 prospect in your system now, who you can plug right into your lineup in Connor Norby. I mean, is an everyday second baseman, if McNeil shifts over to the outfield, makes the outfield better? Do your team actually get better or, or worse at the deadline by trading all those guys? Yes, obviously, you know, the way FAM's hitting and the way Robertson has closed games, you could say, all right, well, you lost a lot. But when I say, okay, I can't admittedly say they get better, but how much worse do they get? To me, it's still a team that would have to catch lightning in a bottle to make a run anyway. I think there's still enough around to do it. So I think that's the trade where you can have your cake and eat it too, where you can keep enough around where you can still win games, but you can get massive value on the pieces that you do sell. And that's what you have to be looking to do. So that's my pitch there. Uh, if you want to read about these players and you know get, get a kind of a, a visual of it all, Again, I'll, I'll link uh, that article in the description, justbaseball.com, what I think uh, the Mets should do here, some mock trades, Mets, Orioles. As always, thank you all for listening. For all you everydayers, we'll be talking Mets Nationals on tomorrow's show and really our last show before deadline week. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked on Mets. And if you want to catch every pitch in the Mets hometown broadcast, you can do so. Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Mets.